0: And welcome to another episode of the Game Design Podcast. Once again, my name is Brad Carney, and I'm the founder of Final Boss Entertainment, who recently developed Rack, which is a game that's actually about to celebrate its one-year anniversary, so don't know how recently it was developed, but I think we'll spend next week's episode uh, talking about it a little bit, so should be fun. Looking forward to that. But today, we're talking about sequels. So, why is it that so many successful games have them? And is that a good thing? Do sequels offer things that the originals couldn't? Or do they merely tap into the potential for businesses to increase their wealth? Better known as a cash grab. Well, I'm sure there's some of that going on, but I think that sequels have a lot going for them. For one, they allow you to do things that were beyond the scope of the first game. A sequel could let you explore new worlds and characters. If you try to cram too much into one game, it can be too much and not even make sense. If sections are taking place during the Civil War and others during World War II, it can feel disjointed. Having separate games dedicated to each time period might make a lot more sense. Similarly, sequels can allow for modes of play that were beyond the scope of the first game. Maybe the first game had a purely single-player narrative focus, in which case multiplayer would have felt tacked on and not organic. Doing a sequel with more of a multiplayer focus would be a natural way to accomplish that and not diminish the first game. And by the way, those were our original plans for doing a Rack 2, but just don't want to get anyone's hopes up, but it's not happening right now, so... But anyway, another great thing about sequels is that the technology is evolving at such a rapid pace that oftentimes you can do things that you just plain couldn't do in the predecessor. I think a great example of this is online play, especially when it comes to console games, which really started to take off around the time the Xbox came out. This alone meant that sequels to games from the previous generation all of a sudden had the potential to do things the predecessor could never even dream of. Not doing a sequel would mean things like never having a Street Fighter with online play, or never being able to watch a tournament from inside Dota itself, or never playing a Super Mario Brothers game that destroys relationships. Yeah, I'm I'm talking about the Wii one. Ugh, so rage-inducing. Finally, sequels are a great way to follow up on an original idea that tested the waters. I think unlike movies, making a game is incredibly risky. Movies are very formulaic, and by the way, I do mean very formulaic. There's actually a great episode of the Cracked Podcast that breaks it down. Go, go, go check it out. It's, it's very interesting. Um, unlike a novel, though, games don't really have any kind of set formula. There's really no set of principles whether or not a game will be a success or not. Other than this podcast, of course. Anyway, point is making a game is risky, so oftentimes instead of sinking a fortune into a new concept that may or may not find an audience, companies will produce a lower budget first installment of a game, and then release a much more polished and fleshed out sequel. Probably the most famous example of this is Portal and Portal 2. I know a lot of people like Portal 1 better, and I'm not here to debate which is better, but. Portal 2 certainly has more in terms of production values, gameplay modes, and actual game content. Valve saw how successful Portal 1 was and followed up with a much larger effort. The same goes for something like Sanctum 1 and Sanctum 2. So, coming up, I'll be talking with fellow podcast host Shane Dial about his experiences with sequels. We'll get into the sequels of such franchises as Bioshock, Borderlands, and Call of Duty. Which ones did it right, which ones did it wrong, and how did they get it right, and how did they get it wrong? We'll discuss all that and more, and then I'll be back at the end to wrap things up. I wanted to have you on this is because, like, I know you have like a, a gaming podcast of your own, so you know that means you have like all sorts of experience with lots of different games and, and talking about them. But uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, your podcast?
1: Uh, the podcast that um, that I'm a part of, uh, I started about three years ago, uh, and initially we started it because we felt like there wasn't a whole lot of topics that weren't being discussed enough. Uh, we felt like the gaming community. Um, was really focusing on things more or less in the present than in the past, or talking about the future. You know, a mm. lot of things are just present, like talking about you know what's what's happening today instead of what's happening you know later on, or discussing about what's ha- what happened twenty years ago. Right, right. So, so a bunch of my friends, which funny enough, we all met playing Call of Duty online uh, back whenever I was in high school, and uh, you know we just we we kept our group together for so long that. Uh whenever I brought this idea up to them they thought it was they thought it was great and um when we started out uh we honestly did not think that it would be large it wouldn't go anywhere we just wanted to do it because it was fun and it would give us uh a chance to be able to discuss our knowledge uh about gaming and combine we have about uh <laughs> literally about 60 years worth of of gaming knowledge combined, wise. Wow, that's awesome! And uh, <laughs> when you have that many people together and that much knowledge, like uh, it's just—it's pretty—it it, it makes a really good discussion and a really good episode uh, each time we uh, get to do a show. It's like
0: pulled together. You're almost one retiree. So
1: yeah, exactly. It's like a bunch of old men sitting in a room discussing about old and great times.
0: Back in my day, the pixels were eight pixels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I, I certainly imagine, like, a, especially, uh, you know, I mean, it's like everyone brings their own kind of different, slightly different viewpoints to the table, and, you know, it's, it's like by having, like, a, you know, diverse staff, it's like, you kind of get that, like, uh, it's just kind of like a unique perspective from, like, a bunch of different angles, uh, you know, in, in every episode, so, yeah, I mean, that's definitely a great thing, whereas, like, this is, uh, you know, just me and the guest, uh, you know, same for every episode, so...
1: But, uh, you know, and I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and it brings me back every time because you guys go deeper into discussions than what uh, a lot of podcasters do. Uh, You know, yours is based on games, you know, and designing video games where a lot of, like, say, like IGN and uh, Kotaku and a lot of those media outlets, they're, they're really punny, and they're trying to be more or less... Uh, non-serious about yeah. the gaming industry, and-, and they're also
0: trying to yeah. be very current. You know, yes. it's you know. I, I mean, I was talking about this last night with someone, but it's like you know, it's like the, the the collective internet hive mind will, like, go crazy over something for, like, a week and they just forget about it and, like, completely move on to, to something else, you know, it's like... It's old news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the, the you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid, you know, the Phantom Pain. Like, it's already, like, old news. Like, everyone's oh, already, absolutely. like, collectively going nuts over, uh, you know, Mario Maker, you know, and oh, then, it, oh, like, yeah. a, a, few, a couple months ago it was, like, XCOM 2 that everyone was flipping out about, and, you know, and it's it's just crazy, but uh, yeah,
1: yeah. It's funny how games, um, you know, going back to whenever uh, when I first started playing video games, you know, all the way up till about PlayStation Two uh where, you know, you're you're sitting in a classroom with your friends and you discuss the the video game that just came out and you don't discuss it just for a week. I mean you just discuss it for almost an entire year.
0: Oh yeah yeah. And you, you,
1: oh, yeah. you bring your game shark to school and you, you discuss with them like how to beat this level and you know and or, you know, like hey this is how many points I scored on this level, you know, see if you can beat it and you know, games nowadays are more or less just out there to to just it, it, they're, they're, they're almost like movies now right you know it's there's one that comes out almost you know <laughs> every couple weeks so it's just it's it's hard to stay on one game. Uh, for so long, and, and, and I think really with
0: uh, I, I think with the like uh, just the whole like social aspect, like, like games themselves seem more social, social media and everything. Yeah. It, it's like something will get like a crazy amount of attention for like a short period. Yeah, it'll be trending on Twitter, it'll be trending on Facebook, whatever. You know, it's like that's what all your friends will be playing. So, so like you kind of get sucked in. Like you, you know, if you want to have friends, uh, you know, play games with your friends, like, you kind of gotta, you know, go with with what they're going with. Um, but, you know, it's, it's yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like, because of that, you know, it's like these games kind of have, like, these, these very short, very brightly burning, uh, you know, kind of life cycles, and, yeah, it definitely didn't used to be like that, because it was like, instead of, like, uh, you know, Twitter and, and Facebook, it was like, I mean, I think we got a lot of our stuff from, like, you know, gaming magazines,
1: you know, like Game Oh, Pro yeah, and, and like, Nintendo kind of Power. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I know Sega, Sega came out with a magazine for a couple years, I can't remember yeah. the title of the, of the, you know, gamer, you know, Game Informer. Yeah um you know all, all all these media outlets that no longer do uh, magazines but that was the thing i mean that was we expected to see that in our mailbox yeah. every week and yeah. and that was that was our life that was yeah. our life coming home from school or coming home from you know like a day out in the sun you know during the summertime and having that and being able to sit down and read it and then being able to you know plop it in in your you know PlayStation PlayStation 2 um it's like a Dreamcast or uh, Nintendo 64 or your Super Nintendo or, um, you know, your Xbox, original Xbox, uh, not the Xbox One. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, I mean, those days are over because, you know, social media and Internet and a lot of other things have uh, really just, just changed the outlook uh, on video games. And it's almost a double-edged sword because the media and everything nowadays, uh, n- nowadays have really, I think, broadened and popularized video games more now than it was in the past. But yet, video games back then were more, I feel enjoyable because it was more of a, a personal... Thing on a, on a, on a more personal level than it, than it is like a friend level, but being able to play games with your friends now is is amazing. I mean, multiplayer right. didn't exist when I was in school, uh, all the way up till about when I was in high school. I mean, I didn't have a PC, you know, and I had a PlayStation Two, and at the time, you know, playing online video games really it, it wasn't very good. I right. mean, I remember seeing on the box on PlayStation Two, um. Uh, cases it said online broadband and i never knew what that was I'm like what the right. heck? Yeah, is it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know what is multiplayer and uh, yeah. you know and most of the time when when i played with my friends i'd have them come over to my house right. and plug yeah. in their second controller instead of them being at their house so yeah video games nowadays have just really they they it's gone to a different section of a, of a place where it's in its own category now. and Yeah, uh, and, you yeah, know, it's, I, I it's mean... A double-edged sword.
0: Yeah, and, and that actually kind of, like, nicely ties into... Yeah, kind of the, the general topic for today, um, you know, which is basically sequels. And one of the things that's actually, like, great about, like, sequels when it comes to video games, like... By doing a sequel, it's like you get to like capitalize on like all the the changing technology that that uh, that goes on in the whole like gaming uh, industry. You know, it's like you know you'll come out with a game, and then it's like oh, by the time it's time to do the sequel, oh now all of a sudden you have you know online broadband and you know, like like all these other you know like crazy new features, and it's like you get to like make a make a new game that's you know kind of. Uh, you know, gets to kind of utilize these these new features, and it's not just like graphics. It's not just like you know, kind of enhanced visuals. I mean, it's like really like game changing features a lot of times. You know, it's like like multiplayer. I, I mean, it's like. Like prior to like the Xbox, like the original Xbox coming out, it was like there was like no multiplayer period on any consoles, and it's like as soon as that came out and like games were able to you know have like a multiplayer version of like it was like a uh, it was like a complete game changer.
1: Yeah, I, I I absolutely agree, and I think multiplayer has really, um, in a sense, made it to where companies are making more and more sequels to video games because again you know with the with every year you see something different in technology like you were talking about brad whether it be a new game engine or new physics to a game Mm -hmm. or or like you know new characters new weapons you know i mean I, i and the company that has done this well over the years has been ubisoft in my opinion ubisoft has really done a good job with the assassin's creed um uh-huh. Titles. I feel like they've done a really good job with that. Yeah. Um, as 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 well as a, a bunch of other other titles. You know, for instance, uh um borderlands borderlands has done a great job you know going all the way from the original borderlands game to borderlands 2 to uh borderlands pre-sequel and you know they just Mm -hmm. came out with a handsome jack collection just not too long ago and they're doing a really good job with that okay um and and i mean this goes all the way up to you know your first person shooters whether it be battlefield which we just talked about you know a lot of it's you know just uh um a time to just try and get as much money as possible and sometimes that is the case you know we see it a lot with call of duty uh we yeah, see yeah. a lot of the seagulls with call of duty you know it's the same thing every single year and people are starting to figure that out and um you know i'm the, the, sure the, yeah the, go ahead the,
0: the, the thing though like about that is that I, i'm actually going to like defend the, these companies a little bit on that i think for the most part like if, if there weren't people out there who wanted these
1: like Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the whole idea about pre-ordering a game is is ruining, um, I feel. And this is just my opinion. This is just uh-huh. my opinion. The whole idea of pre-ordering a game um, really kind of gives incentive to the companies to try and get the game out as quick as possible. Oh,
0: I agree. Yeah, I, I and, mean, if they already have your money, it's like, why do they have to, to work for it? You know, right. like, why, why do they have to put that extra effort in to, to win you over? They've already won.
1: Yes. I mean, that's the whole idea about throwing down $5 and then, um, you know... So, every, no pre-order next off. game. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... And, you know, and, and what's really hard about that is, and I know we're kind of, you know, talking about the whole pre-order thing, but the whole idea of giving you incentive to pre-order whether it be pre-order the game and get an extra weapon or pre-order the game and get an extra map on multiplayer that kind of goes back to the whole multiplayer thing Mm -hmm. uh and it's just um you know it's it's more and more and more incentives to get you to buy into their product which is good i mean it's a good thing but whenever you give the companies power to basically have your money before you have the game in your hand that is a scary thing
0: yeah, it's 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 just really hurting their incentive to you know do a great job. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm I'm definitely with you um, on that being dangerous. But you know, it, it's just I, I I guess like my the, the original point I, I was trying to drive it is that you know it, like I see a lot of people like do things like hate on uh, you know like the all, all the like Call of Duty sequels, but those people, I don't feel like are the intended audience, and I, I think what they're really upset about is that you know all those development dollars are, and you know all those all all the the manpower and effort that's being put into those games aren't being put into something that would appeal to them more. Right. So, yeah, I I right. I, I mean I, I think that's a lot of what's going on. But I mean, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, it's like they just want another Call of Duty. They just want another Assassin's Creed. They just want another Borderlands. Like they don't they don't they don't want like the formula to be like dramatically changed. It's like if they were to like make like an Iron Man 4 or something, I wouldn't want it to be like dramatically different than like what Iron Man 1, 2 and 3 Or Well, maybe 2, but <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> The others awesome. you know, those
0: are good, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's like, there's a lot of people who, you know, it's like, oh, do something different, do something new. And it's like, I don't feel like they're the original, like, I don't feel like they're the ta- target audience in the first place. And I feel right. like the target audience wouldn't want them to change things up too much.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I mean, uh, for instance, Call of Duty. I mean, I've been a Call of Duty player ever since Call of Duty 4. I mean, that's that's been one of my favorite game titles Every year to play with, and I have I have hated on them just enough to where it almost makes me a hater. Mm-hmm. But um, I respect Treyarch, I respect Infinity Ward, I, expect, I respect Sledgehammer Games, and I respect Activision as their publisher uh, for what they do because I, I feel like they have a great they have great teams uh, at their development companies uh, working on this game tirelessly. And what people really don't understand is that. This is not easy. Right. If oh, yeah. if, if it was oh, yeah. easy, everyone would try and do it because, you know, it, you know, making a video game for other people to enjoy. I mean, that's, I mean, it it is it is. You have to have your heart, and you have to have your mind, and you have to have tons of money to be able to put in this. And you know, that's it, it's a risk.
0: Yeah, I, they I, have
1: to. They have to understand that it's a risk.
0: One of the things that I was talking about in the intro is that how. You know, one one of the one of the reasons, like I feel like sequels are, are really good uh, for video games, is that uh, it's. It, I mean, games are just so risky to make. So, you know, it's it's it, I mean, like, like movies, for instance, are, like, incredibly formulaic, and I would be, like, really formulaic, you know, it's like, they all have to be, like, 90 minutes, they all have to have, like, some game-changing event happen, like, exactly 40 minutes in, otherwise you're like, oh, this is dragging, this is boring, get to the point, you know, like, you're just not gonna enjoy it. So, it's like movies, like, any good movie like, basically to follow, like, the exact same
1: formula. Yeah, you have your protagonist, your antagonist, Yeah, yeah, and all, yeah and all that yeah. stuff.
0: Right, so, you know, everything's gonna wrap up about 10 minutes before the movie's over, <laughs> Etc. But but like with with a video game, like there is no like it, it's like a novel. Like there's no set format. You know, it's it's like there's no like format to like make a novel. Like they all have to be 200 pages. Every chapter has to be you know three and a half pages. You know, like there's nothing like that for a novel. And like for a video game, it's the same. So it's like anytime you come out with like a new concept, you know, like a new IP, you're basically like taking a stab in the dark. Like you don't know if it's gonna work out or not. So it's like a lot of times what a company will do is like they'll kind of like not overly they will commit too heavily to like a new idea like they'll kind of like test the waters a little bit um, and you know the, the example I gave in the intro uh, you know is I think portal um, oh yeah you know, it's like I, I mean the, like you look at like the original portal compared to like portal 2 it's, I mean, it's, like, night and day. It's, like, Portal 2 has, like, way more in terms of, like, production values and polish and content and, like, gameplay modes. It, it, like, compared to, like, Portal 1, it was just kind of like, yeah, we're just going to, you know, see if people kind of like this basic idea. And, you know, if they do, we'll, we'll kind of run with it and, you know, kind of kind of do more. Um, I, I know, like, Sanctum and Sanctum 2 is, like, another good example of that. Um I, I'm sure there's more examples. Like, do you know any like off the off the top of your head? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean uh, Bioshock Two. Um, okay, oh, oh, know, yeah. Bioshock Two was a. I mean, for me, uh, as you know, I, growing up, you know, in, hi, you know, in high school, uh, and got my PlayStation Three, which I absolutely loved. Still one of my favorite game consoles of all time. Being able to play uh, Bioshock at my friend's house really opened my eyes to something different because i I was hooked on. You know, the first-person shooter, like, with Call of Duty, whether it be, like, a wars-type scene or, like, a futuristic-type deal. Mm-hmm. Bioshock really kind of opened my eyes to a different world of first-person shooter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because, you know, you have to it's, – it's, it was almost like a loot shooter because you had to loot – you had to go find things, loot it, you know, get get things to be able to complete uh, throughout the story. And what, what's really great about Bioshock is that it's – there's multiple endings. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, with a game, there's a lot of games uh, that just have one straight ending. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no, you know, what if you do this and there's a different ending to it? Or right. what if you do this yeah. and there's just one set ending? I mean, it's, and I think Bioshock did a really good job at doing that. And but like, you, you yeah.
0: think Bioshock 2, like, kind of took that and was like, hey, people seem to like this. So let's, yes. you know, polish it up and do it way better for, for Bioshock 2.
1: Exactly, and okay. what's what's great about Bioshock Two is that it was it was a direct sequel. I mean, it it took place at events right after uh, Bioshock One, which was uh, I was so happy about because yeah. uh, you know uh, Bioshock One was just it was so it was so good because you know you have uh, Andrew Ryan, you know there, and you know basically he's trying to uh, you know f- basically just take over, and then you have oh man i'm 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 trying to blank because i'm I'm it's it's been a long day but you have that's, right, that's right. um uh atlas which uh fontaine that's who i was trying to think of you have mm-hmm. fontaine who's also trying to pull uh you know the uh the, the protagonist out of you know the proportion along with andrew ryan mm-hmm. and it's just uh it was just really good and then with bioshock 2 it took that formula and and put basically put you in a big daddy suit which was awesome yeah and, you know and you're trying to protect the uh, you know the little girls and everything and um, so basically yeah that that's one of my favorites of all time Bioshock 2 and then the Uncharted series uh, Uncharted 2 you know among thieves was a great one mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't at, you know, like
0: kind of like take what the first one did just like like do it like way better
1: yeah they just took what 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 made the first one good and they took whatever, what people thought that they could change, and they changed it in Uncharted 2. I see. And I feel like that's, I feel like that's what companies should do. They yeah, should take, yeah. You know, I mean, it is it is really hard to beat Nathan Drake, in my opinion. Nathan Drake is one of the best characters uh, in games of all time. I mean, he's on my top five, probably forever, regardless of what games come out in the future. And, um... You know, uh, I, I feel like they did a really good job with that. And of course, you know, talking about Uncharted Two, same company Crash Bandicoot Naughty Dog. You know, Crash Bandicoot was able to come out with a good sequel after uh, uh, the first Crash Bandicoot, and it, they they did a really good job with that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. um, hmm. Oh, I, well, how? Like, uh, like, like, I'm not I'm not too familiar with the game, but it's like, what did they do in the sequel that was like so much better?
1: Um, basically, they just they improved like what you could do. Because in the first Crash Bandicoot, it was, it was basically one-dimensional. You know, basically you just run back and forth, you know, with Crash Bandicoot, um, you know, busting over boxes, trying to get peaches, uh, trying to complete the levels, trying to get the voodoo guys, and basically trying to defeat the um, the witch doctor, the the witch uh, boss mm-hmm. at the end. Where Crash Bandicoot two, uh, what they really did great in that is that they made it, um. To where it was, it 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 wasn't just one-sided. It right. was you can go. It, it it made it three-dimensional instead of just one-dimensional. One-dimensional mm-hmm. meaning in Mike in my case, uh, only being able to go forwards and backwards and slightly side to side. Where in Crash Bandicoot two, they really made it to where it was larger and made it more uh, open for you to be able to go through uh, the levels without just like being on this one set path,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was really nice. I yeah. Felt.
0: Yeah, and I mean, was uh like was the technology available to do that in the first one? Like they just didn't do it, or, or was I don't it like...
1: think I don't think they did it. I felt like they. I mean, I mean, Crash Bandicoot two came out on on of course the the PlayStation as well, uh-huh. and uh, I I felt like possibly maybe the technology to them maybe wasn't there yet. Right. Okay. You know, as 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 a development company, maybe it wasn't there yet for them. Right. And yeah. Yeah. As a development yeah. team, they. Realized that they wanted to try and do something different, and they did it, and yeah. it worked. Yeah. So that, that's again, where where a gamble worked out. Mm-hmm. They gambled and made it different than the first one. Where yeah. sometimes, like we were talking about, it's better to be set on a path because some people don't like big changes. Right. So it's um, you know, it's it's one of those type games where they took a gamble and it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the same can be said for Kingdom Hearts too. I, the Kingdom Hearts too, I felt like uh, you know, in Square Enix and Disney did a really good job with Kingdom Hearts too.
0: So, well, what did they do in two that was so much better than one?
1: Uh, they they really they opened up the story. Uh, Kingdom Hearts one, they had a they had a really good broad story, and you know you have you know Mickey, you have uh, uh, all the Disney characters, and basically you're on you're on the path to um, basically. <laughs> Um, I guess a, a a like the like a Pirates of the Caribbean type thing, mm-hmm. and uh, what was really good is that um, it honestly should have like Kingdom. They were talking about how Kingdom Hearts two should have been Kingdom Hearts one, and uh, how Kingdom Hearts really should have been more of a like like one sided story, and instead Kingdom Hearts two came out and it was like uh, a multiverse type story mm-hmm. where anything could happen, almost like Bioshock. Right. Which was really cool, and yeah. uh, they really they really brought in like different things. Like for for instance, in Kingdom Hearts two, they brought in like the Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, the Lion King, um, uh, and some other things. Just kind of going off the top of my head. Like I, I have not played Kingdom Hearts two in like maybe ten years. Mm-hmm. That's how long I've been right. I haven't played it. But it was it, Kingdom Hearts two was one of my favorite games um, growing up as a kid. And then of course, uh, Red Dead Redemption. Um, you know the first Red Dead Revolver game. Yeah, did you ever get to play Red Dead Revolver? No, no I have not. See that—that's another great game. That Rockstar, you know, Rockstar Games has really been known for these really bloody, gory. And um, basically hated video games by the public because they just uh, say that they're bad for our children, which you know. And, uh, okay, it,
0: that, that public,
1: yeah, okay. Yeah, bad for. Our I was children. like, really? Who hates Red Dead Redemption? All I've heard is praise for that. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah you, yeah, you like know the, what I'm saying, you know, because yeah. it's rated M for mature and you yeah, yeah. play it everything like that, which is true. I mean, people who are 17 and older really need to be play, able to play this game. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it shows a lot of um, you know sexual stuff, but anyway, that's another discussion. Yeah. But like, what's really great is that they took red dead revolver as a um you know they start out as you know you're you're the kid you you watch your parents get killed Mm -hmm. and you know you're sad and all this good stuff and so basically you grow up um and you seek to find revenge on the um people who basically destroyed your life in a sense Mm -hmm. and what really was great about it is that it it came out with this new version of how to be able to shoot people. And it was like, it was a, was called slow motion six shooter where you have this little bar. And every time you kill and shoot somebody, that bar fills up and then you save that bar for whenever, like you have a huge group of people that you want to take out very quickly. And basically you aim and you push that button and it slows the speed down. And then as you aim individually on each um, character it puts a target on their head or their body, and then once you fill up six different people with those targets, the slow motion goes away and basically you take out all six with, like, just in a in a spray down. It nice. Is, yeah, it was it was one of the best things in a game uh, I, I'd ever seen, especially for a third-person shooter. Yeah, yeah. And Red Dead Redemption, um, what they did was, is that, um, it was like, it was almost a it's, I, I don't I, okay. I wouldn't necessarily call it a sequel because it doesn't take place from the original story. It's mm-hmm. like a totally different story. Right. But it's, it's it's in the same family though. Mm-hmm. It's in the same family as the the boy I just told you about who grew up and basically you know, uh, saw so his parents. Yeah, get murdered. Yeah. Saw his parents get get murdered and got revenge. Mm-hmm. And uh, so with this, uh, this is his cousin, who basically grew up as a tough you know. Tough kid, and basically both his parents got um, thrown in jail. All this kid stuff and whatnot, and basically he has to grow up with no parents in his life, in a sense, just like the first one. Right. So, um, it's a really impactful story, and uh, basically, the uh, what they really did awesome with this is the ability to be able to like jump trains, um, jump on horses, um, being able to dual wield two two guns at the same time, um, basically. Basically, it was, like, GTA. Right. Yeah, and, they added GTA into Red Dead Redemption. Right. Yeah, I mean,
0: what what I think is interesting about this, and uh, you know, kind of like the, the Kingdom Hearts uh, example you gave earlier, like, it really all kind of goes back to, like, uh, the whole, like, games are difficult to, to produce kind of thing. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: It's, it's, like, I mean, the whole, like, benefit of, like, doing a sequel is, like, after, like, doing, like, the first game and, like, spending years on it, like, you're, you're finally, like, getting feedback on, like, what's working. like... For a movie, it's so easy to, like, screen it, like, hey, just, you know, have a bunch of people over, have them watch it, and, you know, oh, you, yeah. you gotta get through that, but, like, with a game, that's really hard to do. It's, like, oh, to, to, to get to the point where it's, like, it's even, like, playable and enjoyable, like, that takes
1: years, like, that, that takes so much oh. effort. And people, I don't think people realize it enough on, people just think that that companies make these games in a year. Oh, that well, is. Yeah. Beyond yeah. that would is that is beyond the truth. I mean,
0: yeah, I, I, mean, I mean seriously, like I think that's like a huge misconception with like oh, Call of huge. Duty. It's like, oh, it's just the, like the same company just cranks out a game every year. You know, it's like, no, there's like no, two this game or has or been developed. Yeah,
1: yeah, three companies that be on this, and it took them three plus years to brawl it right. Over. To be yeah. able to do this. I mean, they yeah. they started this game whenever they got this game out. Right. Like, yeah. remember this game? Yeah, well, they were still developing this game <sighs> right, for a right. future release.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. but, I mean, it's, it's like, part of why, like, Kingdom Hearts 2 is, like, so much more than Kingdom Hearts 1. And, and it's because it's, it's, like, a sequel and they've, they've gotten the feedback. But it, it's kind of the same with, like, Red Dead Redemption. Like, it's almost like a sequel to Grand Theft Auto. Like, it's kind mm-hmm. of, like, similar in, like, you know, kind of like the storytelling and, like, the, the mechanics... Yeah, you know, obviously you're like in the in the west and everything but you know it's it's, it's from what i understand it's fairly similar so like basically the all, all the experience that the company has gotten by you know making all the Grand Theft Auto games, has been able to be applied to Red Dead Redemption to, like, make that into a great game. And, and, like, maybe that's part of why, like, we haven't seen a sequel to that
1: game. uh, Yeah, a a sequel to Red Dead Redemption, because, you know... Because it's like they've already, like, perfected it. Yeah, it's hard to perfect something that you've already perfected. I mean, that's that's the one thing, is... um, You know, for instance, like... like, um, I'm trying to think of it's on the top of my head but anyway kind of going past that uh uh, gta 5 for instance uh grand theft auto 5 is going to be around for at least three years because um of its just playability and the a the 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 availability to expand it and that's the one thing i was also going to mention is um do you agree that expansions should be labeled as sequels i
0: don't know I don't know. I I mean you you could kind of cla- I mean at the end of the day it's like it is what it is. I mean, It is I what it is. It's I mean it's it's an it, add-on.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. But it, I mean I think the one thing that I was going to get at is it also depends on the game. Yeah.
0: Okay, like here's here's the way I would kind of kind of look at it. Um if it's just kind of like Okay, I mean, there are some sequels that are just, like, very iterative, you know, like, kind of like, it's just the next chapter, we're not really going to do too much. I mean, that's almost just, like, an add-on instead of, like, really a sequel. You know, I mean, kind of, kind of like Doom 2 uh, to Doom 1, you know, it's it's just kind of like, oh, we're going to add a couple monsters, oh, we'll add a couple brown, <laughs> ugly textures. Um you know or it's like i don't know it's like doom
1: 3 was more of like a a sequel to doom. oh yeah doom 3 was like a complete like revamp yeah or try uh, a try of a revamp
0: <laughs> yeah yeah but it's i mean it was like doom 2 was like to doom 1 what like final doom was to doom 2 and like that was just like i mean that was labeled as an expansion so it's like I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, 2 I don't know why like, Doom Two was an should've... expansion,
1: and yeah, and Final Doom felt like a brand new game almost.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, we were talking about like, oh, you know, there's all sorts of ways that sequels can improve on the original. It's like I wanted to mention Doom Two. Oddly Doom. enough, it's like, it's like an example of where this isn't necessarily true. um well, yeah, I, I, well, there is one other thing that that I did mention in the in the intro, and, and it does sound like uh, you know, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's like by by doing a sequel, it, it kind of gives you a chance to do things that would have been beyond the scope of the original. You know, it's like maybe you had the technology, maybe you had the resources to do it, but it's like it just wouldn't have made sense to include it. Like, like it it should be like the focus of, of its. Of its own game. And I mean, kind of like the analogy I, I I was thinking of was like, it'd kind of be like a, you know, maybe like a season of like, like a TV show. You know, it's like you'll have like, like that season will have like its own storylines and kind of things that are contained within that season. And then it's like, it wouldn't make sense to like drag those over to like a, a second season. You know, it's, it's like yeah, you, it you, you kind like of want to like compartmentalize yeah, so it's I mean I guess uh, you know like the the one franchise that you were mentioning uh, that, that I think is like a a great example of this is like a, a Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like and I mean correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like a lot of times uh, are not you like in different time periods? and Yeah, regions? like you're in
1: during the Civil War period. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. back in like the uh, the Greek uh, Greek mythology type type right. era or. Uh, you know, I I believe uh, you know Black Flag. You're on, you're in the Caribbean uh, at at one point. So I mean, it's right. it's just uh, what like like I said before. Like you know, Ubisoft and the Assassin's Creeds um, games have have really done well is because they've changed up the time periods. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not the you know the gameplay is great and authentic, or like the gameplay style has changed, um, you know, I I honestly think that. Uh, you know, if you change that up so much, uh, people are, you know, not going to get used to your games. Right. And I yeah. feel like, you know, being able to be familiar with a game is very important.
0: Yeah, it, that, that's, I think that's my my biggest criticism with uh, the Final Fantasy games. It's like, it's like every game, it's like they're trying to, like, reinvent their battle system. And, like, <laughs> yes. and it's just like, yes. what, what the hell is a Final Fantasy game at this point? It's like... <laughs> You know, it's like Final Fantasy 13. It's single player. Final Fantasy 14 is an MMO, and it's like, whoa, whoa. what is it then? Whoa, whoa, and it's like, there's like first person shooter. What? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now check out Final Fantasy Chromo Fantas. or like, what? Like. It's like some new weird thing that's coming. And it's just like I don't, I don't know. It's what like you can
1: change from third person to first person, and like it changes to like eight bit pixels. Oh, is is that actually happening? In this <laughs> no, one? I don't think so. Okay. But it it, right. it happen, God.
0: It, it wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't shock me. I mean, it's just.
1: Well, oh I mean, uh, to be honest with you, Call of Duty and Modern Warfare Three tinkered with the whole like trying to give a third person perspective uh, uh, video game um multiplayer type and it and it failed it failed miserably um uh, uh, they implemented a a game mode called third person tdm and third person domination and uh it, it it was not praised very well they were trying to change something that um had been there for you know almost 15 years wow and you know like i said people did not like it and they haven't done it since yeah So, again, that's kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier. Sometimes when you gamble, um, it can come back to hit you in the butt. Yeah,
0: and I mean, that's the kind of thing where it's like, had it not been Call of Duty, it might have worked. But, you know, it's like they were trying this like new thing and like in this thing that was already established. And, you know, it's like people are in people's minds, Call of Duty meant you know, first-person shooter, warfare, blah, blah. So it's like if they try and do something else, it's like, you know, there's there's that kind of clashing there.
1: It was Uh, almost like they were trying to be SOCOM. It was really weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. Or it's like, you know, maybe if, if like, they they start a new franchise and they they introduce this idea, you know, I mean, maybe that can be... Yeah, that would be a little bit different. But, you know, it's like if they try to make, like, a Call of Duty game that was, like, I, I don't know like a, like a cooking simulator. I don't know like something that like it definitely is not it's like you know it's, it's like if you swap the labels with like um, call of duty and like cooking mama I guess is the game, is the is the, is the the franchise I was thinking of but you know, it's like I mean the game can work but like just not under that name because of all the right. all the associations people have with it. Yeah, it was. I mean, we kind of went through like the the same thing with Rack. You know, it was like people saw it, and it was like, oh, well, it's it's an old school shooter. We were like, well, yeah, but then it's like there's these other things to it. You know, it's like people didn't really. Yeah, it was. Yeah, you know, so like, it was like once it kind of pegged it as like old school shooter, it's like we expect these things from it and these things from it only. And we don't want we don't want this combos and scores, you know, and
1: and all that. Um, but no, I mean, Rack was so much more than that, and it was so much more than that to me. I mean, yeah, Rack, yeah, Rack to me was um uh, a, a way to be able to um see something different see something that um you know not a lot of games were were doing where where you know your your, your score in a sense matters right it, it matters and you know the whole idea of you know the whole cell it, i mean it was cell shaded but it was done correctly, not like how you know I've, I've talked to you about this before and I've talked about it on my podcast before but borderlands as much as I love it makes me sick. Yeah, it makes me absolutely sick because the mechanics in it and the way they did, did the, the the cell shading, um, just it just it doesn't formulate well with my eyes and it makes me motion sick. Where yeah. Rack, I can spend you know five hours on my computer playing it and not feel nauseous one bit. Yeah, and uh, and what's really good is about what but about what Rack is is that there's this really good and broad storyline to it, and there's these ways to be able to i mean it's 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 not just one sided it's 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 very multi sided where you have to be able to know how to do this in order to get the special trophy or you know you need to find out a bunch of secrets or mm-hmm. you know this is one area where you're going to have to you know be able to get a bunch of combos put together in order to you know get a uh, a high top score or you know it or the whole speedrunning type thing i mean there's a lot of different things to rack that a lot of people don't realize that they, you know, they probably need to start paying more attention to.
0: Yeah, we should maybe have you on next week when we talk about Rack. because <laughs> so, like our, our like one year anniversary is like coming out. so it's like nah, right. I
1: can't believe it. It's so yeah. crazy. Time uh, flies. Like, here we go.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, one thing I do want to get back to, um, you know, you mentioned it, uh, you know, briefly a little bit ago. Um, you know, when we we're talking about like, uh, you know, games that really improved on their their predecessor, like you mentioned, like Borderlands too, and mm-hmm. like to me, like I, that's always been one where it's like I, I had high expectations that they would, like, that they would take the original and like make improvements to it, you know, and like things with the UI and like you know things well i mean we can get into it a little bit but what is it that you think like they they improved so much on it
1: well first of all i'm going to say this right now uh randy pitchford if you're listening to this thank you lord jesus christ <laughs> that uh, you took out fall damage because he's no a big no listener by the fall- way no no I don't. <laughs> no <laughs> I one wish. likes fall damage and you know i think that was one of the um bigger things that they uh um really improved on was uh you know giving you um, not limiting to you, limiting the player to what you know they could just do. You know, they basically just um, let him be let you be able to roam free. And if you jumped off something, you know, you're not gonna get killed or um, hurt. And I I think uh, him and Gearbox uh, did a really good job. And um, you know, using the Unreal three uh, Unreal Engine three was um, a big step up uh, in their in their um, development um, cycle, because you know a lot of games are based off the Unreal Engine, and the, the, uh, the original wasn't. Uh, I think the original was based off the uh, a version of the Unreal Engine three, and then whenever they came out with the new Physics X technology, um, it was announced that they were going to be using the new upgraded Unreal Engine three. Oh, okay. I think that's I think that's how, I think that's how it went. Oh, because yeah, Physics that's... X was I mean you know Physics X came out with NVIDIA. And you know, Nvidia was like super pumped about like this is gonna you know change technology and gaming forever, you know. And so far, it I <laughs> yeah uh, they they've they've done a really good job at it. But you okay. know, I mean, forever. I mean, something new is gonna come out. And yeah, new, right. Yeah, come yeah. Out, please. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, they they did a really good job with it. Maybe you know? A little and, and, bold
0: of a statement, but yeah. yeah but
1: yeah. And but and, hey, so,
0: it's it's their marketing guy. I mean, what, what, what's he gonna? Oh, we expect a modest increase in game <laughs>
1: But, um, also, I mean, I think what, what really, um, what really kind of made things, uh, a lot better was, um, you know, having secrets. And then of course the whole, um, I, you know, the whole side story to Handsome Jack, you know, Handsome Jack really kind of, um, you know, made the game so much better in this one. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, Handsome Jack was just like, you know, you hate him, but you love him, you right. know, cause he's just, he's just so funny, right. uh, even though he's the bad guy. And then, right. um. You know, uh, and then the graphics, of course. Graphics, well, you know, looked amazing, but again, makes me sick. And then, um, you know, the introduction to Claptrap. Claptrap was, you know, you know, you're basically your, uh, I'm not gonna say your partner in crime, but you know, he's kind of like, you know, that one dog that always sticks next to you all the time. That kind of annoys the heck out of you, but you still love it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And then, you know, of course, um, and then, like I was talking about, like the secrets and uh, uh, like you know, having to find all the vault symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know the whole idea of having companies and weapons and more weapons and um legendaries, and all that good stuff, you know, uh, having from the first and and whatnot, uh, really made it awesome too. And you know, the, uh, what really made it awesome was the NPCs in this game. I thought I thought the NPCs in Borderlands Two were more um um like you 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 wanted to get to know them better, right? Like better written, more yes, more more of a more of a character bio, mm-hmm. if you'd say. Like yeah. Doctor Zed and uh, Mad Moxie, uh, Marcus. Uh, God, I can't. H- you Hammerlock, know Marcus? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sir Hammerlock and uh, you know Tiny Tina, which is like my favorite character of all time. Yeah. Yeah, and then you know like crazy. Got her expansion. Yeah, yeah. The the Tiny Tina um, expansion, which was uh, a really good one. Uh, you know, so that, I mean, that's. Um, you know and you know trying to return peace to pandora you know and all that good stuff and trying to complete it and of course getting to level 72 which was uh you know having to play the game all the way through three times you know so i mean it was you know had its had its um replayability and that's another thing which made it great
0: yeah yeah um god what was i gonna say Uh... (laughs) um um yeah, I mean, like the the, the hammer thing, like I've, i or uh, sorry, the the handsome Jack thing, like I've, I've definitely, you know, like it seemed like a lot of people, like they, you know, it's, it's like handsome Jack was like a big draw, just just kind of like the the characters in general, or or is, I don't, know, I guess in like Borderlands that that was kind of stale. Uh, the thing, the thing I, the thing I, I did want to say though was, um, you know, it just seems like another example of like where it's like. Yeah, especially where we're talking about a uh, clap but yeah you know it's like the first game like you're kind of experimenting you're kind of throwing these things out there you're seeing if people like them and then like it, and then like uh you know when it comes to the sequel it's like okay so this worked people like this all right let's do it you know and let's yeah. really do it uh you know so it's like you know it's like the the Claptrap and like the you know the kind of wacky you know fun character you know it's like they just kind of like went all out this time
1: yeah they were not afraid they of just really out, like, outdid nice. the
0: first one in a lot of respects
1: Yes, they did and I'm really hoping that um you know and which what, what really kind of disappointed me is that pre-sequel wasn't as good and of course we weren't expecting it to be as good as Borderlands 2 but um you know I'm expecting to see a Borderlands 3 within the next probably maybe year year two and um you know I uh, I have high I have high hopes for it hopefully. I mean it's uh you know I I I really hope I really hope 2K and uh, Gearbox really does a a really good job on it hopefully.
0: Yeah. Well, they they certainly Seemed to promise a lot at the end of Borderlands 2 with uh, <laughs> know, just all the vaults, so.
1: Yes, yeah, that's that's what really kind of made it interesting at the end, so. Yeah.
0: Like, it's, oh, God, like, what was that game they showed at uh, E3, or uh, was it E3? Well, it, it, the one where it's, like, just, like, a billion star systems you can all fly around. Oh, through.
1: man. Um, like, one-man stars. One-man, uh, one-man sky. One-man sky. One sky.
0: Okay, that's it, that's it.
1: Yes, the basically the all, all the worlds that uh, you can find, and you know, telling us that there are going to be some worlds that no one will ever find. Mm-hmm. You know, some worlds will not be. Um, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like searched. Yeah, yeah. Or whatnot, and that's yeah. that that. Whenever he, whenever they said that, I said to myself, now the world of video gaming is forever unlocked. Because there's no limitations, there's no nothing now. There's there's basically there's there's to it now. Yeah, that's, that's the, and yeah. that's scary. I mean, that's scary because then people are gonna try and immerse themselves into video games, which is a great thing, but um, you know, which you know, sometimes it, it, it leads to um, bad things. Which you know, if you're a smart person, it doesn't. So <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I, I mean, that people can certainly get a, get addicted to things and play them. Far too much, like a I have with Heroes of the Storm over the past month. Heroes anyway, of the but, Storm! Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, the last episode kind of, like, touched on that prior to me having played it. Now great I by the way. Now i played it. Oh, it's great. I, great I love
1: game. it. It's, great for you to play.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to have to talk about it again, because there's, there's so much great game design in that game. And there's just... Oh, yeah plenty of terrible game design but more like terrible human nature that gets but anyway uh, <laughs> you know it's like I, i'm getting penalized for like my teammates being idiots and, come oh, on it's like that's not my fault why am i ranking down for this what the hell wizard yes. <sighs> anyway uh <laughs> that's why you play teams and anyway that's and, right but uh yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, let's, you know, I, I know you've had a lot of experience, um, you know, with the series. Like, It's part of why, like, I, I want to talk about this this topic with you. But, um, you know, it's like we were kind of talking about, like, how, you know, it's, it's like... Um, you know, it's like part of the reason it's like great to you know have sequels is is because you can kind of like neatly compartmentalize uh you know like the scope of a game you know it like and then you know it's like you do a game then you do like another game that kind of tackles a different thing different area different theme different gameplay mechanics or whatever. But I mean, I do think a great example of that is like a you know Call of Duty. You know, it's like there's there's different um you know it's like they they have their like Modern Warfare series, they have their their Black Ops series, they have their Advanced Warfare series but you know it's it's like i mean it's like they're kind of tackling like a different thing in each game and like it just wouldn't make sense to you know kind of like have all that in one game it'd be too much it'd be you know people there'd be too much content people would lose interest in it and yeah it's just it's it's so much more neat and just all around better to like have sequels and different
1: games that kind of touch on different things I really feel like they do a great job of that, uh, just like you said, Brad. And uh, I think the one thing that I wish that they would do is that I feel like one company, like, say, uh, Sledgehammer Games, should be set in the future. Because they do a really good job with, you know, the whole, like, exo-ability and, um, you know, the futuristic type stuff. Did they do Advanced Warfare? Yeah, they did Advanced Warfare. Okay. Um, And, you know, with Black Ops, you know, Black Ops went from the Vietnam War era to, you know, kind of more of a modern day, like set in 2025, so 10 years into the future type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now with Black Ops 3, they they have really pushed the boundaries of the future, And um, which is, you know, I mean, with two futureistic type video games, Call of Duty, you know, you want to kind of see something different, like you want to see something more in a different era. Where, like, um, Ghost now, I mean, you know, the whole Modern Warfare series with with that and then now Ghost with Infinity War, they're really set in present day, which is a good spot for them because they do that really well. Mm-hmm. And I really wish that Treyarch or Sledgehammer, I don't care which one, but some company needs to go back in the past because um, if we set ourselves in the present and future, we'll forget the past. And right. I really feel like um you know going back and being more in like you know like say like the korean war or like say the vietnam war again or like desert storm or even going back to world war ii should be a great thing to be able to do Mm -hmm. and uh i don't think we're seeing that right now from from call of duty and i i I wish it would i really wish they would go back
0: yeah get
1: on that ea (laughs) have someone do that yeah, I mean, uh, for instance, um, I, I mean, like past, present, future, like it just yeah, I, that would be perfect. perfect. You have three companies: past, present, future. I mean, that yeah. that would be the greatest category of all time because you would know what to expect from each year instead of thinking, "Oh my God, is it going to be futuristic? Is it going to be past, or is it going to be present?" You know, it's you know, like like when before Treyarch announced um you know black ops 3 everybody was like you know oh world at war 2 is coming back you know because i mean it's like you know it's been it's been eight years since you know world at war and it's time to you know you know bring back world war 2 and everybody was like it's gonna be world at war 2 and it's black ops 3 and a lot of people were really disappointed but i got to play the beta and it was it was really good and i think you know uh, going where along where with you that play it? what's that where, where did you play it? Or, I got to, or... I, I I got a free beta code by okay, uh, okay. Uh, again incentives by pre-ordering the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know which uh, you know again that's a, a, another good slash bad thing and um you know I got to play it on PlayStation 4 which was a very fantastic experience. Uh, the beta went very smoothly, never had any problems whatsoever. Um, didn't have any server lag, didn't have any server issues, which means that they were on top and they were prepared. Uh, to release this beta out to the public. Unlike Capcom, hey. Anyway, (laughs) I don't think Capcom knew what they were doing whenever they said, "Hey, we're gonna release some beta," and it kind of, it it kind of. They they may
0: be surprised that their game was actually popular
1: and people wanted to play. Wait a minute, people actually want to play this? Oh my gosh, we have ten percent more than what our our server can handle. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, um, you know, like I said, companies need to be more prepared when stuff like that happens, and they need to expect, um, you know, ten tenfold more than what they, they think they might have. Right. You know, so that way that they are prepared. They are at least prepared for it.
0: Yeah, most definitely. Um, which, is there, like, a particular, like, Call of Duty sequel that, like, really impressed you, like, like, if you, like, really did a good job with, like, I don't know, being a sequel? Or... Um,
1: I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, um, I have two, uh, okay. Call of Duties that really did a good job, and again, they're the two the two different companies that were um, just the two companies at one point, um, World at War, uh, did a fantastic job, uh, with the, with the sequel, because Call of Duty 3, um, while it was a great game, it never appeared on the PlayStation 3, um, which to me, it was very disappointing because um, at the same time, I got my PlayStation 3 like literally like four months after the game came out. Which you would think that you know they would probably try and sink money into it, but I'm glad they didn't because they spent all their time trying to develop World at War, which was such a great game. And Treyarch did a fantastic job. You know, I still go back and play a nine-year-old game mm-hmm. every once in a while on my PlayStation 3, and that's the game I play. Yeah. And uh, when you have a game that, that was that good, you um, kind of have to pat yourself on the back. Yeah, for that oh, yeah. Because people still go out back still go back and play it. And people still make mods on PC for zombies. That that was the first game that brought zombies to Call of Duty. Wow. And uh, so that, that was another, you know, step up. That was another chance that they took, and... Um, I believe I can't remember what conference it was at, but it was uh, also live stream. But they were talking about how um, they were they were going to scrap the entire zombies thing because they didn't think that it would it would be a great part of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a part of the, you know, regular like Call of Duty type thing. You know, it never had been done before. And be, but because it was so successful, they were saying that they were so happy that they were able to bring this to their fans. Mm. And that's another great thing about taking a risk and it coming out on top. Yeah. Um. And I sp- sp- would probably say my second favorite sequel of all time for Call of Duty would probably be, um, probably Modern Warfare Two. Um. You know. Gu- uh. You know, getting to know uh, uh Soap MacTavish and uh, Captain Price, um, in the first one, you know, uh, these two uh, British SAS agents, uh. That are are really focused on saving the world and saving the world the right way. Um, you you really start to indulge yourself into their lives, and then going into the second one, um, uh, you really start to find out their backstory. Mm-hmm. Like you know, what did they do before uh, Modern Warfare, the original Modern Warfare, and the present day Modern Warfare too? It is really it's cool. like
0: would like would. Trying to include that in the original Call of Duty, like would it just have been too much? Like, was it
1: better I, I that it I was saved for a sequel? Or I think I think what probably the reason why they didn't add too much of a backstory to the first Modern Warfare was is that they didn't know if it was going to be a hit or not. Mm-hmm. I okay. think they I think they really wanted to focus on gameplay instead of story. Mm. Uh, in that one, because hey, it, that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, and I, I, I think that um, you know, I think that really came out on top with them because um, around that time is whenever console multiplayer really hit the big time. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah really yeah. hit the
1: big time. So they really focused on the multiplayer aspect of that. Uh, game.
0: That really is smart.
1: And so they focused on the story for Modern Warfare 2 instead of really the gameplay. For the for the single player, and then they really tried to. Um, after that, they had their own separate multiplayer team, and they really developed that and kind of kind of took it up to another spot on the. Um, uh, I guess it'd be like the awesome gaming level, awesome gaming experience for multiplayer, uh, for Modern Warfare Two, whether it be the weapons, maps, um, textures, gameplay, all that good stuff. They really did a good job with the multiplayer.
0: Yeah, yeah, cool. Well. <laughs> I don't know. I have nothing else to add to that. I mean, that all sounds good. But yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds like a, I mean, it all sounds like a, you know, very appropriate use of uh making a sequel and
1: yeah, and I they they didn't take what Modern Warfare 2 was good and put it in Modern Warfare 3 because everybody hated that game. Yeah,
0: yeah. But no, I mean, it it just sounds like, you know, it's, you know, it, it's it, it seems like it's it's uh, you know, like a good reinforcement of like the, you know, it's 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 kind of like good to experiment in the first game and not kind of you know, overcommit. You know, so you don't want to go bankrupt if you know the thing doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. And then it's like, if it does do well, it's like you're gonna go balls to the walls with the, you know, the the sequel and just you know really.
1: It's like not putting all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. Which is which is uh, I think a lot of companies nowadays kind of kind of throw their their all, all their playing cards in uh, in one hand and try and play the biggest hand that they can. And sometimes yeah, it doesn't yeah. work.
0: Yeah, you know i I think uh I, I mean I, I think uh, a lot of the the reason for that is like just the, the the perception that like there's there's so much saturation out there you know it's like people feel like you know i I gotta spend you know you know 50 million you know whatever to you know do something to you know create an impact in this uh the saturated marketplace and you know I, I mean a lot of times it just doesn't work out you know it's like you you see companies kind of go Belly up, uh, you know, making too big of a commitment on like a, a new IP or something, and people don't dig it, and you know it doesn't work out for them.
1: Yeah, and that's that's whenever it becomes, um, you know, sad because you almost feel like as the the gaming community, you're the cause of it. And you know, sometimes you feel. I, like, I, don't, oh. I don't know if I don't know if a
0: lot Some, of people feel that guilt though.
1: <laughs> no, no, they don't. But I mean, the people who are really immersed in the games and they um, they know how hard it is to make a video game. You, yeah, you feel. Yeah. You feel the the need to feel almost responsible because um, you know as the gaming community, you're you're the community that that keeps this company afloat, right. regardless if their game is great or bad. Yep. and sometimes again it, it, it's it's all on the on the developers. and sometimes when the developer thinks that they have created an awesome video game that they think is great in their mind, um, they not they may not be thinking about the people who they're putting it out to that 's absolutely right, you know, and that's again where the fan feedback and the gaming gaming community feedback is very essential and yeah. I feel like a lot of companies don't do enough of it,
0: yeah, yeah, you know I mean that's exactly the reason why you know we took rack around to you know Quakecon and other conventions, you know it's like we wanted to make sure people liked it, you know they were having a good time with it and well, Shade, I appreciate you Oh, well, actually, any final thoughts on uh, sequels and...
1: Oh, yeah, know, um, uh, sequel, I mean, you know, we talked about sequels today, and, um, uh, you know, whether it be from a major company, uh, you know, or a, th- a third party, or, uh, indie developer, or, um, you know, a Splash, Flash game, it, d- it does not matter. Regardless if it's a sequel, um, you know, uh, the people who, who developed the game put their heart and soul into it, uh, to entertain, um you know uh the people uh the gamers and uh that's what makes sequels great is because they take they try to take what made the first game great and try and make the second one even greater mm-hmm. you know they're not there to make a terrible game there's no reason right. for that and I don't, I don't think people fully understand that sequels are not there to be bad they're there to immerse you in more in in what the first one was about
0: yeah. yeah, it's yeah. I mean there there was like a something posted on Kotaku, um, but you know it was talking it, it was like something from like an industry insider. He's like, you know, like listen, like ten things people like don't know about the industry, and, and like one of his like big points was like, usually if a game sucks, the developers know that well in advance, and it's like they're just like helpless to, to do anything about it. You know, it's like there will be like some kind of like limitation, but like they're not trying to like make you know, just some garbage game. Like, they're... No. They care, like... Probably more than you do. I mean, it's like their livelihood. It's like oh, they're putting their name child in. they're yeah. creating for you, and it's like they, they want to do everything in their power and make it turn out right. But it's like a lot of times it's you know just things are beyond their control. You know, it's like maybe they run out of money, maybe you know, it's like they're they just don't have people with the right positions. You know, bad management, whatever. But you know, it's I, I mean these these things happen. But you know, I mean the developers care. I mean we oh you know, yes it's. All these things have, you know, a lot of incredibly passionate, talented people working on them, and yeah, you know, sometimes things work out, sometimes they don't, but it's not for lack of caring.
1: That is, uh, there's is, that is absolutely true. There's no doubt about it. Everything that you just said is absolutely 100 percent right down the middle.
0: So everything like with these sequels, if someone makes out a makes a sequel, it's not a cash grab. They care. They want to do more. They exactly they want to please you. Yeah, get off their back hipsters
1: that's right
0: lay off <laughs> I, I also wanted to also have a resident hipster on here for this but i
1: was <laughs> yes, like you know I, what i us nah. talk to him again
0: no nah, i know i <laughs> i know you know exactly who i'm yes. talking about but nah, you now i decided, his,
1: you know, his decided computer, against it his computer was actually um uh, i believe i saw it just uh, about about four weeks or about three weeks ago on uh I believe it was Quakecom Forums, and it was also on id Software's Twitter. uh, I I think it was on their Facebook page, Yes, it was on their Facebook page and Twitter, so he he needs to know. He needs to know (laughs) that his 1980s computer needs to be, that it was all over the internet. Oh, his
0: vintageness is legendary.
1: It is legendary. The hipster computer is what I call it.
0: So that was my conversation with Shane dial got into a lot of really good stuff there and very much enjoyed it Hope to have him on again soon. Hell, maybe for next week We're thinking about doing a special rack episode next week as our one-year anniversary is quickly approaching So hope to maybe talk to some of the community members. Maybe other developers should be fun We'll see but stay tuned next week for that the music for this week's episode is from Warcraft 2 Which is a sequel, but it's not one we particularly discussed but YouTube and its infinite wisdom uh kind of suggested the soundtrack to me and you know it's it's one of my absolute favorite soundtracks ever uh you know i used to take the actual warcraft 2 cd and play it in our stereo when i was a kid um just an absolutely fantastic soundtrack and i, I think i've actually been reminded of it by uh, all the heroes of the storm i've been playing specifically the Blackheart's bay map it's a it's a pirate themed map and the music is very reminiscent of warcraft 2 so just the whole soundtrack has just really been on my brain it's just really fantastic stuff and I don't know, I thought the music would kind of work here a little bit. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week's episode. If you have ideas for future topics or guests you'd like to have on, uh, do contact me on Twitter uh, at FBEcarnival, and we'll look into getting all the other stuff all set up here sometime soon. Facebook page, all that. Gotta get it done. Anyway, I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.